Inspired Living podcast where we talk all things business and personal development related, totally unfiltered. I'm your host, Meg Caston, and I'm here to help you create a sustainable, heart-centered business serving the higher good of others and to help you share your message in a big, big way. Join me as I interview amazing women who are sharing their message and making their mark on the world. Are you ready? Welcome once again to Inspired Living. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me. I am so excited to have my guest Ashley here with me today. And for all of you guys listening out there, I know I am a huge lover and user of mallow beads in my practices. I have been for quite a long time now. And I'm super excited to have Ashley Ray here with me. Ashley is the founder and CEO of the wildly successful Mala Collective, which I'm sure you guys have heard about if you're tuned into this podcast. Ashley runs the biz, she designs the beautiful collection of Mala beads, the crystal kits and the meditation cushions. She just absolutely fantastic. So since starting Mala Collective in 2011, Ashley's taught meditation across North America, has taken meditation training from LA to New York, to India, to Bali, and has worked to make meditation and mindfulness more accessible and fun, which is so amazing. Now, the company works with artisans in Asia, from Bali to India and Nepal, to create products supporting a mindfulness and meditation practice. The cushions and crystals are meant to inspire you to take a moment to breathe. The mellow beads are tools that you can use in your practice, but also beautiful beads you can wear throughout your day to remind you of intention. And honestly, you guys, I wear mine every day. And uh, my husband wears his too. And it's just part of the lifestyle that we fully support and have adapted to a few years back, quite a few years back, actually. So Ashley, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for the incredibly kind and loving introduction. I feel like um, it's not often we have somebody else talking about us in front of us, and it's so beautiful to hear. So thank you. It's a great reminder. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. I mean, you know, I have followed you and the company for quite a few years now and uh, have just been so excited, you know, and proud, even though we don't really know either, each other personally, but so mm-hmm. proud of you for where it came in the beginning to where it is now. And, you know, every time I see you know, the beads or the products highlighted somewhere. I'm just so excited. And congratulations for that. It's been an awesome journey for you, hasn't it? Oh, that is so kind. Thank you so much. I think I um, sometimes get so wrapped up in the day today, you know, just hearing somebody say that I followed you like that is so loving I'm so grateful thank you I know it's it's probably so cool to watch the journey externally from the outside and for me I'm like yep it's just my everyday life (laughs) and sometimes it's you know I don't look back on what we've accomplished so thank you you're welcome. I feel like when you're in it, you know, it's yeah. just kind of like, like you said, that's your everyday. You're, you're in it. You do the stuff. Like you're so involved and immersed in it that you, it's, it's hard to, or not hard, but I guess you kind of just consciously put one foot in front of the other and don't mm-hmm. necessarily always take a step back mm-hmm. to look at everything that you've done or how far that you've come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would love to know, I mean, like I said, I have followed you for quite a few years now and um, I feel like I've 
I mean, I know the journey and kind of where things started and how that all came about for, but for our listeners who don't know or who are curious, I would love if you could just take a few minutes and share briefly what your journey, um, like what your journey was that brought you to Bali and what inspired you to create or to begin Mala Collective. Of course. Thank you. Um, so it is definitely a unique founder journey. And as I'm telling more people about it and hearing their journeys, I'm realizing maybe this isn't the cookie cutter version, but I guess that's what makes it all more exciting. Um, so before starting Mala, I was a journalist and I was actually covering murder trials. Uh, so I don't think I could have been in a more opposite wow. world. Um, so that was, you know, fascinating, yeah. amazing, humbling, just to understand human nature in different ways. And, um, but also, you know, maybe not the most positive environment. And my partner and I, at the time we quit our jobs, we, we were in our early twenties and we kind of reached this point in our career where we're like, okay, well, we've worked so hard and I won a national award. Matt was running a construction company. I'm like, okay, well, we're like 24. Is that, is this it? Is this what we worked so hard for? And uh, so we decided to quit our jobs and just go and see what else there was, uh, which I know now sounds terrifying and crazy and brave and courageous and all those words. <laughs> At the time, just seemed like, yeah, well, I guess we should just quit, <laughs> go backpacking. <laughs> and we, and also just knowing like, hey, we're, we're own, we are our own safety net. That If something goes wrong, we can always get a job. So it was pretty low risk in that sense. Uh, so we, we ended up in Bali, fell in love with these mala beads and kept going back and buying them, learning about different intentions, buying them for friends and for family. And we ended up flying uh, from Bali to Thailand. And mid-flight, this beautiful woman comes up to us and says, can I sit beside you? Your aura is so beautiful. And we get to talking. And long story short, she ends up being the woman that made the beads that we had bought. So it was a very serendipitous, very, you know, the universe was having fun that day. It was very beautiful and lots of synchronicity and very romanticized uh, experience of starting a business. And, you know, the caveat to that is, and then it was followed by nine years of hustle. So it was definitely not, it's not been up in the clouds, the universe every day. It's definitely a beautiful, momentous creation. And ever since then, yeah, definitely have had beautiful moments, but that is, um, the inspiration of where Mala Collective, uh, came from and how we came to be. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I love that story. Mm -hmm. I love that. And one thing I wanted to touch on, one of the things that you said um, is really important, I think, to me and the listeners for this podcast, because I was mentioning to you that, you know, this is most of the women who are listening have some sort of heart centered business that they want to start, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of passion or service that they want to be able to provide other people and, you know, being in, in touch with that side of yourself. And when you talk about, you know, synchronicities mm -hmm. and, and how the universe sort of conspires to, to put things into your life at the right time, there is the, the hustle aspect to it as well. It's not just like you set your intention, like, Oh, I want to, I want to build this beautiful business. And then all of a sudden it just happens mm -hmm. because you've manifested it. Yeah. But you 
you have to also do the work. Like if you have the intention and the passion to want to put this gift into the world, you still have to take the steps, right? Yeah. Like I'm sure you guys still came up to, you know, to, to questions or to hurdles or things that you had to overcome. It wasn't just setting an intention of building a beautiful business, which you have, but it does go with like, you have to put the work into it as well. Of course. And, you know, I, I think what's important to note in that, that there's, that was a beautiful collision of two humans coming together, like, you know, two journeys coming together and creating something really beautiful. But if you think about the amount of people you meet in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, that could change your life and you, you could change their life, but we just don't act on it because we're in a place of fear or that's too good to be true. Like we could have definitely gone home and been like, that hippie lady was cool um, and then never pursued it. And, you know, we did go back to our full-time careers. I went back to being a journalist. Matt went back to being a carpenter. But we, we pursued it slowly on the side and, and it started to grow. And I think that, you know, the follow-up to, to all that being said is I, I met a, a friend a few years ago, maybe six years ago, so more than a few. And remember she said to me, I wish something would fall into my lap like it fell into yours. And I understand mm -hmm. that sentiment. Wow. I understand that, you know, maybe hearing my story externally, you're going, oh, God, she's so lucky. You know, if only that happened to me. Well, you know, and maybe it has happened to you and you haven't had your eyes open to it. You know, there's serendipitous, synchronistic things happening every day. If we're open to it and we're aware and we have an open heart and, you know, we're asking, hey, or being more aware of what we're asking for and intentionally bringing in uh, and without getting too much into the woo-woo, just remaining open. We were open. We weren't searching for a business. Mm -hmm. We weren't, you know, analyzing things. We we just were open to a conversation with a stranger and, that the the follow-up with the nine years since then of course extreme hustle extreme sacrifice many meltdowns many moments of right. fear and self-doubt <laughs> and unknown and cash flow and hr and all those things that hey that serendipitous moment i didn't know in four years i'd have to learn how to run my books and how to manage people and manage expectations like those are not the things i was thinking about i was thinking how beautiful is this person and their mission and um that's not to say that the rest did not follow because it, it has followed. And, and even though I'm in this place nine years later and, you know, success is um, different to everybody. I would say that I still have those moments. I still have moments of fear and unknown and doubt, and there's always more challenges. Um, but I, I signed up for that and I, and I love it. Right. Exactly. No, I, I love that. It's just about, it is about being open, mm -hmm. you know, it is about, making yourself aware of what is happening around mm -hmm. you it's being mindful mm -hmm. you know living living mindfully mm -hmm. I know I a lot of people ask me that well what is mindful living like what is awareness and you know when I talk about it it's you know it's it's being open to things happening in your life it's being aware to what is going on in your life mm -hmm. like you said the you know the woman on the plane it's you could have walked away and said oh wow what are the odds of that now what a coincidence <laughs> It's like, well, it actually wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and even no, like people, people's external judgments after we made that leap was yeah. you're quitting your career because you met a hippie on a plane. So I, I, yeah. I know that their intentions were nothing but love because <laughs> they didn't want me to fall <laughs> flat on my face and they were trying to prevent me from embarrassing myself or anything uh, negative happening to me. But 
we went into it with just openness of, yeah, we're going to quit our jobs because we met a hippie on a plane. She was pretty cool. If it doesn't work out, again, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, I love your your interpretation of what mindfulness is. I think that's a really beautiful way to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you just said about, uh, you know, you'll figure it out. It reminds me of um, Marie Forleo, if you're familiar yes. with that, with her. And she says, everything is figured out. Oh my gosh. I, I, I love that. And I say it frequently. I feel like that is, yes. I have almost surrendered yes. into that phrase. If something happens, I, I, I'm trying so hard now to practice mm-hmm. repeating that mantra that's figureoutable instead of spiraling into, oh my God, what is happening? I think that that figureoutable phrase is, uh, it's key. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. I've so many times in my life too. I've just like, well, you know what? The sun is still going to yes. set and it's still going to rise the yes. next day. The world will not stop turning no matter what yes. happens. Like, yeah, it can be shitty right now, but you know what? You just have to keep putting one foot in front of yeah. the other. Yeah. Yeah. Two turns. Simple reminders. As much as we want the world to stop some days, yes, <laughs> it just keeps going. That. Um, so one of the other things that I really love about the company, and I would love to hear more about this because I don't know too much. I know that you work with females for both the creation of the Malabeats as well as your karmic upcycle program. So, you know, I, I work with females, I work with women who are starting businesses. So that's something I'm really passionate about is working with you know, working with and supporting women. So why was it important to you to work with women in this type of way? Well, I would say there's a, there's a few things to that answer, a few um, things to explore there. One, I, I've always been interested in international development and working with artisans overseas. It's been something that I've been curious about since I was younger of working in villages and supporting people uh, not through giving back through donations and charity, but providing providing work where they can understand how to support their family and they can, you know, provide for themselves in a beautiful and sufficient and self self sufficient way, while doing something that brings them joy. And my experiences with this is we wanted to keep these products really traditional and authentic, and really make sure that the processes in which they've been made for centuries is how we continue onward. And so I spend a lot of time in Asia. I travel there. Well, before we were in quarantine, I was traveling there quite often. And, you know, for many years, I was living there about half half the year between Bali. And uh, I go to Nepal every year and India every year. And there is something really magical about being able to spend time there working with crystals, working with gemstones, working with, you know, the recycled textiles to create these cushions that brings it to life for me. And I remember the first time we, we made these meditation cushions because, you know, we started with mala beads um, and then we expanded into other items that could help inspire a meditation practice, uh, which I should also note, you actually don't need anything that we make to meditate you can meditate with just your breath right. like so nothing nothing we make is mandatory for a meditation practice but it's definitely uh something that can help support it and is an inspiring addition uh to your practice i remember the first time we made these meditation cushions and going between the factories and working with these women and then having them shift home and doing a photo shoot with them i just cried and i thought 
how beautiful is that process of visualizing something, manifesting it, setting this intention for it, you know, putting in the the sweat and the tears and the, the hours and then seeing it come to life. Like I'm sure that your listeners could probably relate to that through anything, not just a physical product, but creating an offering of any sort, whether that's a service or, you know, for you creating a podcast, this idea of us seeing something through each step, it's so beautiful. And for me, it's a really important part to ensure that every step of what we're doing is authentic and traditional and true because I think you can feel it when it's not. And I like to know where everything is from that we make. I like to meet the people that are making it. You know, as we're sitting here recording, I'm in my home. I can see, you know, 12 meditation cushions. And I know who made these and I know where these crystals came from. I know where these mala beads came from. And I put everything in my home first before we sell anything. So I want to make sure that I'm proud of having it. And then I, I believe others would be proud to have it too. So um, there's a few layers to that one. And I, you know, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that is so beautiful. I love that. And when you talk about, you know, how this is working with these women and, you know, teaching them the skills and they can provide for them for their families and provide them for themselves, you are empowering them beyond anything you can imagine. Mm, I bet. I hope so. Like the feeling that they have, you know, to be able to, you know, not just receive a donation, not just to receive a handout, but, but it's giving mm. them purpose, which I think mm. is incredible. Yes. Well, thank you. I hope so. I, I feel like it brings purpose uh, for me. <laughs> and I know for our team deeply <laughs> loves the process as well. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful. And, you know, just even on another note, like there's worse places in the world to go than Bali and uh, India and Nepal. I adore those places and I've always been drawn to them. So oh I feel, <laughs> I am so aware. Like I'm just full of gratitude every time I get to go on a plane. It's, and like, you know, it's not like I'm sitting on a beach every day. I'm, I'm working. It's a different experience, but it, there is a general um, sense of love and of mindfulness in the places that I get to go. And that is uh, really fulfilling. Absolutely. And I feel like another aspect of, you know, with this, with the business side of it um, and sort of coupling that with the having an intentional business or intentional product and, you know, things don't just fall into fall in our laps. It's having that awareness also, you know, when you go to Bali, like you're grateful for that you know, it's not just like, you don't take advantage of Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And even with, with me and doing what I do, it's, you know, I'm grateful Mm -hmm. every day, you know, I have a gratitude practice. And it's like, you know, I I say every day, I don't take for granted anything that Mm -hmm. has come into my life. You know, I'm just so grateful for everything that has. And with the open heart, it's the energy you put out, you know, and you get that. I love that. I love that. I've noticed that I started a gratitude practice actually this time last year and every every morning I start my day by writing out everything I'm grateful for, whether that's people, places, things, experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've just noticed it's shifted my mindset into a place of possibility and opportunity and abundance because oftentimes as an entrepreneur, you're not in those places. I know I'm not. I can definitely slip into places right. of fear and scarcity and unknown and very, I'm a very open person anyway. And to share honest, honest experiences, 
I do wish earlier on in the days of Mala that I had been more that I that I would have been more open. Um, I noticed I was really embarrassed to talk about moments of fear, unknown, or potential failures. And instead of just sharing it openly, I, I kept it in. And I wish I hadn't. Have. I wish I had talked about it more. And I remember when I finally did start sharing fears, insecurities, unknowns thinking, oh my gosh, I'm the only person in this room who must have ever experienced this, or I'm the only person that must have screwed this up this badly. Um, people around the right. table would look at me and go, oh, Ashley, that's happened to me five times this year. Oh, Ashley, this has happened to me eight times since I started my business. And I removed that fear of mm -hmm. talking about it. I removed that barrier of thinking, oh my gosh, I'm the only person who's uh, messed this up this way before. I, I truly think that that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned is verbalizing and vocalizing and, and taking that fear away by keeping it in and keeping it internalized. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's so true. And that it actually, it's nice that you brought that up because it kind of leads into one of the other questions mm -hmm. that I had. And it is, you know, for people who are starting and I always, I always call it a heart-centered business because that's truly how or what I feel mm -hmm. I'm providing to people and what, you know, people like you are providing. Um, you know, it has that human element in it. It has that passion and that desire. But for, for people who are starting a heart-centered business or who are already on their journey, what are the two biggest pieces of advice that you would share you know, from your learnings that, that I guess you've gone through since the beginning until now. And maybe that's one of them, what you just said. Yeah. I think that the openness is a beautiful experience that I've had of when, when we're vulnerable, it gives permission for the other people to, to show up with vulnerability in the conversation. Um, and I think the, the word advice for me is a really tricky word because I actually don't believe in giving advice. I feel that when people give advice in my experiences, um, it, it often means that they know more than I do. And I think that nobody knows what we're going through except for us in the sense that nobody knows our business better than me. Right. So I would never, never assume to come in and say, my piece of advice to is X, Y, and Z. Because, you know, I, I don't actually know the right. what your experiences you know it. are. So um, I tend to approach it with an experience share on something similar. Right. I love that. You know, I never really thought of it that way. And... And it makes sense. It actually feels better. It causes me, it makes me feel less anxiety. If that makes sense. I love that. And, you know, maybe a way to reword that or reframe it is maybe what are your two biggest mm. learnings? Yeah, I think, I think that that is the, the biggest learnings. If I rewind it back to the beginning of Mala, understanding what used to send me into my biggest spirals, I would say one of them was probably just comparing myself to other people on Instagram. <laughs> so while right. Instagram can be a deep yes. joy, oh my God. it can be this <laughs> deep experience of like, for me, it would trigger like shame and like, oh my goodness, how am I not as far along as this person? And how have I not accomplished X, Y, and Z? And deep down, I know that Instagram is a highlight reel that is curated of what people want me to see. And um, I still yes. would go down that rabbit hole, and I really love the the mantra that comparison is the thief of joy. So I do still have to often remind myself of that. 
Um, and then one, one another big, I would say a big shift and a big learning for me in the past few years has been to really understand my values as an individual and the values of my business. And I'm so lucky that they overlap. And I definitely talk to people where their values don't overlap. And I wonder, my goodness, is is your business bringing you any joy if it's not if it's not aligned with your values? And I've right. I've noticed for myself, um, I've been able to create a business that reflects my values and. Um, like connection and growth are two big values in my life. And I'm so grateful I get to lean into those. Mm -hmm. And so now when we have our team meetings, we can really reflect back to those values as like a navigational, like a compass of, hey, you know, if we're going to really lean into this value of education, how can we show up for people? And it helps us make decisions um, in a much quicker way and in a much more cohesive, heartfelt way. And I, I don't mean that in like, you know, there's still hard decisions that need to be made that are operation logistics based, but this is more of like holistically and collectively of the entire business, um, really leaning into our values at every opportunity. And not that I had many years where I was like, oh, you know, values don't matter. I just, I don't think I realized the importance of leading with values um, until the past few years. All right. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when I, or for visitors who come to your, to your website, it's just, it's so clear on your page. It's like the intention, the values, you have them all listed out there. And, and you know what you said about people who are, aren't necessarily aligned with, you know, what their company or the, what their services is like, mm -hmm. does it bring you joy? You know, like that is what my life is about is, is bringing joy. It's living in the most yes. joyous state that I can and being able to provide that to other people or help well, them beautiful. find it. I think that that's a beautiful gift that you bring to the world that you can help people align with that. So, mm -hmm. Thank you. It's, it's just so satisfying. It's so gratifying. Um, and so going on that as well, um, in one of the things that I love on on your website mm -hmm. is your mission statement and it's offering tools and practices that empower people to mm -hmm. live with intention i think that like that stopped me in my like, oh, you got it yep yep that's it <laughs> i just love that so i would love to know um you know not necessarily a biz question but what does living with intention mean to you personally? Question. I feel like, you know, part of it probably truly reflects your definition of mindfulness. Um, I, I feel like mindfulness and intention and awareness, there's a lot of words there that are interchangeable. Um, but I would say intention that we really get to choose our thoughts and we get to choose what we put on our body, what we welcome into our home, the people that we surround ourselves with, that choice really is so important. Mm. And what are you going to choose to shop with today? Would you like to choose to be loving and kind and patient with yourself? 
would you like to show up being as kind to yourself as you are to your best friends? Because oftentimes we are not. I definitely know I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this idea of tools and practices, right. um, you know, tools, of course, being like the physical products that we make, like mala beads and crystals and cushions um, and the practices, you know, the education for me is so important that, you know, this this business came into my life so serendipitously I went from being a journalist for about six years, which was my dream since childhood, like elementary school. I knew I was going to be a journalist since I was a kid, to being the mala girl. And that was never my dream. (laughs) So I just thought, is this my life now? Am I going to be this girl that slings jewelry? And not that that is how I would describe myself in any form now, but it did take take a lot of soul searching to understand the identity of the business and my own identity and understanding okay what are we offering people let's remove ashley from this scenario and look at mala as its own thing it's not me this is separate entity than me uh, and to me and how do we want to shop well we want to educate as much as we can we want to create beautiful products and the whole purpose of everything we're creating uh, is so people can set an intention for the day they can be more intentional with their thoughts and um, hopefully maybe that means bringing some form of mindfulness and meditation in and if it's a crystal just reminding you to like breathe, that's a beautiful place to start. So that word intention is so open to interpretation. I feel it's like this gateway to exploring more depths of what intention and mindfulness and meditation can lead you down. Beautiful start. Absolutely. That is beautiful. So beautiful. And I love this too, because I feel like this is what the world needs. You know, the world needs more love. It needs more, mm. more mindful living, more, you know, owning your actions, being, you know, mindful about who you are and what you're putting into the world. And having, you know, having Mala as a place to be able to go and, you know, people, people can shop on your site, but they can also learn. Like you've got some really great, information on there for people who have questions, you know, who are curious about, you know, what are melodies or what is meditation, you know, that kind of stuff. I just, it's a great resource for anybody mm. who, who is curious and who is open to looking for a different way um, or a different practice that will help, that will help them grow. Yeah, I agree. I think and that's, that's so beautiful to hear somebody say that externally because that's everything that we're working towards. So I'm so grateful that it's landed that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm grateful to be able to offer education with what we create as physical products because it is more than just an interaction. And I really, I really do truly hope that comes across right. that, you know, of course we have targets to hit and profit and loss statements. And, you know, we even have things, we're a business. Uh, we're not just, you know, we can't just run on good karma. That'd be pretty cool. If, if we could, but, you know, we can't. It's, there's realness to it. And I know for many years, I really struggled with how dare we make money being a spiritual business? How dare we profit right. off of this? And who are, who are we to do that? And, right. you know, I was in my early 20s starting mall and I had so much self-doubt and so much I am not good enough to create this because I don't have enough experience. And I've done a lot of work on trying to heal that. And I've a big part of this for me was 
well, I don't want to just be an exchange I want to, of money. I want to be an experience. I want to genuinely touch people and reach them where they are and educate them and make this accessible and make this loving and light and beautiful. Something they can come back to and learn and talk to other people. Um, not just, hey, here's my credit card number. Great, here's your product, never see you again. Like I really wanted to make this uh, more of an experience. Right. So it's something that we've leaned into as a team. And again, going back to the values part, you know, since everyone's been in quarantine, a big part of our conversations have been, how do we show up for our community right now? If we get to show up in this way, how do we give mm -hmm. back? And, mm -hmm. and I'm also very aware of like, oh my God, how did it take us that long to ask that question? Um, and I remember, not that we've never asked like our value and our connection and community before, but this, when there's times of hardship, it often has us asking different questions. And I remember hearing a speaker ask the question recently, why do you exist in terms of your business? Not as like an existential mm -hmm. crisis, but more, why does your business exist? Yeah. Well, what a simple question. And why does mama exist? Do we want to help people meditate? And are we doing that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, how can we do that better? Well, more experience, more community, more this. So every day for you know at least a month, we've been uploading free meditations, free workouts, free visualizations every day to Instagram and offering as much content as we can to the community, featuring different people. And that's gonna shift us into a new section of the business that I can't wait to explore. Like there's a lot of beauty and innovation and just reconnecting to our values and checking in with why we exist. Right. Yes. Well, it's like yeah. your values in action, you know, and I feel like, you know, so many people in business or especially starting out, it's like, they don't want to give up free stuff because it's like, you know, there, there's almost that sort of part of desperation, like, oh, maybe I should charge a membership fee, you know, like maybe I should have something with a membership and then they can get meditations or, you know, workouts or whatever, whatever the offering is, but it's, it's having that, you know, mindset of, it's not just a business, mm -hmm. it's not just a product, mm -hmm. it's a community and there's a difference. You know, you're growing the relationship and I think you guys have done a beautiful job with that. And when you, when you mentioned earlier about money, it's one of the things that I've been working on as well. And money is, mm. having money can be spiritual and making money can be spiritual. If you have the right intentions behind it, if you have the right, um, you know, energy that's supporting it, then the money and the spirituality is, is an exchange because as you make money, which, you know, a lot of people with, you know, um, heart centered businesses and that kind of thing. And who are, who are very mindful and, and, you know, I would say spiritual too. They have that guilt about, Oh, well, I can't, I can't charge that much money for this, you know, or I shouldn't be taking somebody's money, but what's happening is you, you know, the universe is blessing you with this so that you can make more of your product or make more of your service so that you can serve others. You know, so it's enabling you to reach more people for the better. And that's how I've started to think about it too. But I know the whole money thing has, um, it's something that I've worked with clients before and just 
starting to help them shift their thought. And their it's a, it's a hard one. I feel, especially for women, there's such a block around talking about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a very vulnerable topic. And I've leaned into it hard in the past few years, trying to really reconcile my emotional relationship to money. And, you know, the first couple of years of Mala, we were losing money like crazy because we're like, if someone was telling us, hey, I need this Mala because this is happening, I would just send them anything. I'd be like, of course you can have this for free. Of course we'll give you a discount. We had no idea how to price things. Like, you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> if you go for that, it's okay. <laughs> that's the permission slip to like, that's all right. But it, it eventually hit a point where it's like, well, this isn't sustainable. And to overcome that guilt right. that I was, this guilt that I was carrying, um, well, if I don't thrive, this business doesn't thrive. And if this business doesn't thrive, this business doesn't exist. Right. So you actually just robbed a whole bunch of people of really positive life-changing experiences because you couldn't charge enough money. Like, holy crap, that was a wake-up call to me of, I need to smarten up and if I don't, if this business does not continue, I've just removed how many jobs across Asia, how many jobs across North America. The, the emails that we would get of, hey, these malas have changed my life because they helped me through a divorce, through an abusive relationship. They've helped me through a sex change, through my kids going off to college and being an empty nester. All these experiences that something that we created help people through. And this is not an ego-driven conversation. If we didn't exist, somebody else would have filled that gap. But what a beautiful honor that I get to be a part of that experience with those people. And I remember that crippling self-doubt that I would go through, a lot of it money-related, that I, I remember doing meditation and this voice said, get over yourself. You playing in this space of fear is robbing people of experiences. And it's really selfish. So just lean into it. And yes. I can't say that I've not had any fears yes. or self-doubt since that moment, but I've definitely approached it differently. And I do think talking about it normalizes it and really empowers people to to charge more, to ask for more, to value themselves more. And I think that there is, you know, the mantra, I'm enough is a really, really powerful mantra for me and really important to our company and important to our team. And I think that that is an ever evolving mantra. I'm abundant. I am worthy. I am whole. I'm creative. I'm love. Like all these versions of ourself exist. It's just knowing that we are those things already. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's it. It's the knowing it's, you can say those words until mm-hmm. you have no breath left in your lungs, but until the moment mm-hmm. happens that you actually yeah. believe it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's it's huge. Shift. And I also like, I'll, I'll counter that with like some more ground like business supplement to that, that there is like, you know, I do love to live in the hippie dippy woo woo world of meditating on these mantras. Uh, but there is also like, we need to show up as business leaders and, uh, step up and do the work and meet ourselves halfway that we can come in with this love and this gratitude, but it does take discipline. It does take hard work. It does take us just showing up and doing the work. And I think that only in this past year have I really developed a different level of confidence as a business owner. And the way that I got there was through my morning routine. So every morning I wake up, I do my gratitude practice for 10 minutes followed by 10 minutes of reading and 10 minutes of reflection and one hour of strategy. 
Monday through Friday. And I was working with this coach who mm. runs billions of dollars of companies. He's advised five US presidents. And we were talking, he's like, how many hours a week do you have scheduled into your calendar of strategy as the CEO? And I was like, well, zero. So it wasn't your only job strategy. I was like, well, I guess so. <laughs> I don't really know what my only job is. Could you actually just tell me what my job is? <laughs> um, and he's like, well, you know, you're the leader and you're, you're right. the visionary. If you're not doing strategy, who's leading you? And I noticed I was leading out of reaction. And so being able to sit every morning, shift my mindset to a place of positivity and abundance and gratitude through my gratitude practice, that when I would do my strategy work, it was no longer me putting out fires. It was, ooh, what's possible next? What, what mm -hmm. can I create next? What's the next big thing here? And I, I feel like the amount of business owners that I've talked to, uh, and I talk to numerous daily, that the strategy is lacking from most of our apps and our routines and our schedule. And we're reactive to our inbox. We're reactive to the phone calls, to the fires. Um, and I've noticed the confidence that I've developed internally just through sitting and reflecting on strategy each week. It's it's probably been the most powerful thing I've done in the past few mm -hmm. years to, to help me as a leader. Uh, and I think my team has probably seen it reflected uh, in how I show up, which is really kind of great. Do you have any insight even just, you know, from other people maybe that you've talked to or from that coach that you were working with? Why? Why that is, you know, why, why not dedicating the time to strategy instead of, oh, yeah. Know, instead of being reactionary, like it's hard because <laughs> sitting and, down to do the big work, like <laughs> holy smokes, like avoidance, procrastination and resistance, like everything comes up. Like instead of doing strategy, I think I'm going to mop yeah. my floors because I can justify that as, as movement forwards in my day, or I'll do the laundry or, you know, I know many people are working from home right now. We're remote. So I always work from home. Very easy to get distracted. But I think that those levels that we get, those hits of answer that email, yeah. talk to inbox zero, put that fire out. We feel progress, um, that we feel like we're accomplishing these things. And we are like, hey, absolutely we are. Inbox zero is a win. Getting those, mm -hmm. those emails out is a win. But if you don't start with the biggest thing, the biggest thing of the day, then you're letting it back burn, back burn, back burn. Back. And it could be years until you relook at that big thing in the day. So I've noticed yep. me being in control of my days through strategy and through gratitude um, has really shifted. I feel like I'm running a business and, and, and I know that's crazy. I've been running it for nine years, but this year is the first year I feel like I've stepped into this role as a CEO and mm -hmm. it's leading through reflection and not like reaction. Yes, I love that. And how does that feel in your body? Do you find that you have maybe, I mean, I know there's always stress and anxiety, but do you kind of feel a bit of relief once like you made that shift? I knew more than I gave myself credit for. Like there, there was this level of, oh, I've always known this. Okay. I just never have done it. And it, it removed that level of guilt that I always carried up. Or, you know, we set goals in the beginning of the year and some big ones, like if we don't get them accomplished, like if you just check with and slowly daily, I can give you an example. I've been wanting to write a book for right. years. And I remember thinking, oh, 
why haven't I written my book yet? <laughs> it was because I hadn't sat down to write my book yet. I hadn't prioritized it yet. And I was getting so down on myself for not having accomplished more. And so now I sit down and write a couple days a week. I have a coach that holds me accountable every Friday. So this morning I had a call with her and it's really embarrassing if I show up with nothing. So sometimes having that external accountability is, you know, we need that, right. I need that. Uh, but the shift in my body, I would say is I feel yeah. empowered. I feel clear. I feel excited. Like, I don't know about you, but I would say most entrepreneurs I know really love the creative process. Um, and that just is an hour of playing yes. in the creative. And then the rest of the day, you get to answer your emails and you get to put out the fires and you get to whatever. But I've, I even noticed that once I come out of gratitude and strategy, those low fires actually don't bug me as much because I realize, oh, in the big picture, this book is going to be so cool. Mm -hmm. In the big picture, this next business is going to be so cool that this little email, maybe it would have derailed me if I had been gone into the big picture place earlier this morning, but it's actually a really small, small issue. It's okay. We can solve it. And I've, like the perspective has been really interesting. As well. Right. And I don't think every, you know, that's something that, certain people have to work on more than others is being mm -hmm. able to take that step yeah. back and to look at the bigger picture because a lot of times people feel more productive when mm -hmm. they're when they have that instant gratitude of you know writing the email putting out the fire you know doing the laundry mopping the floor because they they can see it right they can see it and big picture stuff doesn't yeah. just happen overnight it's a process so people do get thing. caught up in that a you lot. You know, if you wanted to start like a healthy eating routine, like if you want to notice changes in your body and mind immediately. Um, but it's the long game. And I think shifting from the short game to the long game. Right. Um, I don't want to be in the short game every day because I'll stay there. <laughs> I would prefer to play the long game uh, where I can be creative. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but there's also mm -hmm. moments, you know, the beginning mm -hmm. of, of everything happening. Um you know, when we got into quarantine, there's definitely, you know, a week or two of fires and that's okay. Like there's still times I, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying I never have fire days. There's of course there's always days like that. But when I start my day with the big picture, at least I know I've done the most important thing that day. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And what a way to start mm. your day off, like start it off with intention and it really for me, it truly does set the tone for the rest of the day. You know, if you can start off with, you know, a, a great feeling, a good energy, putting it out there, being grateful and yeah, mm -hmm. shitty stuff's going to happen, but it's yeah. life, you know, it is life. Um, so one of the other questions I have for you, which I am excited to ask so this one relates to business or personal life. What are the three big, what are the three best decisions in your life? That, you that is such a difficult question. Uh, that is such a difficult question. I think that <laughs> I, I don't think I can narrow it down to three. You know, like let's, let's say, for example, we can take the moment of where I met this beautiful woman on a plane and we said, yes, I would chalk it up to instead of, that being a best decision, maybe the idea of that would be what was the practice of that moment? And maybe that practice of that moment was trusting 
I have this infinite trust in the universe that actually everything's going to yes. be okay. And I'm, I'm not leaning to that and not leaning into that in an irresponsible way of, I'm not going to do my work because everything's going to be okay. I'm going to hustle and I'm going to show up and I'm going to trust. Um, and I do truly believe that there is right. so much yeah. serendipity and synchronicity and the universe supports us and that we have to show up for it to, to do that with us. I do believe that um, that decision to step into trust uh, and letting go of the need to control was, mm -hmm. my goodness, I, I remember the first moment of, I was in a Starbucks in downtown Vancouver writing about meditation. And the week before I had been writing about a murder trial. And that moment will always stick with me of, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I made that choice wow. to just trust. So I would say that like, that mindset shift yeah. um, was a really big one. Um, I would say mm -hmm. I was doing, I know that you, you've used the word decision, but I'm going to lean into more of like a serious shift in mindset. So I was doing meditation with a shaman in Singapore. And I go between the extreme hippie and the extreme business answers. <laughs> I hope that's okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, Which is fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's real. Um, and I was, I was sharing that I had this vision where I met a younger version of myself, like a child. And I said, oh, Ashley, you're so beautiful and you're so strong and you're mm -hmm. doing okay. Because in that moment, she was scared. She was afraid. And I knew what she was going through at that point in my life. And I said to her, Ashley, you're so beautiful and you're so strong and you're doing amazing. And this voice in my, set, my head said, why don't you talk to yourself like that right now? And I thought, oh, I started weeping and realizing, oh my gosh, I could be a lot kinder to myself in present day and talk to myself the way I talk to mm -hmm. younger me or future me or my best friends or my family. Because, you know, I, I hope everybody listening champions their best friends and champions people they love. Um, but we often don't treat ourselves that way. So I would say that has been a pretty big moment of like giving myself a bit more ease and giving myself a bit more grace when I'm feeling crummy or, you know, give myself permission mm -hmm. to just maybe not accomplish something for a day, you know, whatever it is, something that I would normally be hard on myself for. Um, and then maybe the third one, I think right. I'll, I'll kind of revert back to that, that experience of gratitude and the discipline of showing up for myself every day. I've really leaned into the, the word of discipline being a really positive, beautiful thing. Um, I think discipline has a really negative connotation, but I, I do I think that. starting off, starting this business and being in a really ultra spiritual world, it, it's a responsibility in my opinion to myself that I, I need to also be disciplined. I do also need to have this grounded sense of myself. I do need to show up and do the work. And then let the universe and let that spiritual, you know, whatever we want to use for the woo-woo language to meet us there. But I, I truly believe discipline is a really beautiful uh, building block and foundation from within which we can be creative. Uh, and I feel as a leader, the more I've leaned into that word being positive uh, and supporting me, I've noticed really massive shifts in myself. Um, and I'm just so grateful for removing any negativity around that word.
I love that because, you know, that really resonated with me because I think until, you know, we just had this conversation now, I mm. have felt the resistance to that word discipline and to be able to see it, to be able to yeah. have it shift for it to be a positive thing, you know, to get, I work with, with clients, mm. you know, who are, who are getting certain practices down pat or getting into, you know, to establishing different habits of practice, whether it's business or personal or, you know, a little bit of both, but that word discipline, it, it completely does, um, you know, it tends to be a negative term mm. and, and have associated negative feelings with that. And I think a lot of people are very resistant to that word. And I, I, yeah. Really and like, so I thank think you, you probably for helping me around that. In other words, maybe don't create such negative connotation, but maybe it's even like the word commitment. Like my commitment is to show up for myself. Um, so I, I do, yes. I do love that. I'm mm -hmm. exploring that. So I'm so glad that resonated. I, I don't think I've ever talked about that as a, a practice with someone. So that was a very thoughtful question. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. One of the, one thing you had spoke about at the beginning of this question, um, you know, with, in regards to the universe, is, I can't remember exactly the line that you had said, but it made me think of this, you know, with, with regards to the universe, we are all put here on this earth. You know, the universe, I, I say universe, so that's my, my woo woo word, but it is forever conspiring for us to be as best as we can be and, and putting things in our life, you know, that is just helping us to move forward mm -hmm. in a positive way on our path. And we just have to keep our eyes open. You know, stuff will happen in our lives where we're like, you know, if, it, if it's someone that passes away or something really terrible mm -hmm. happens in our life or, you know, with, with the pandemic that's going on right now, um, it's not to get caught up in why is this happening to me? Like, I'm the victim here. Why is this happening to me? But to shift that and thinking the universe is conspiring for me. So maybe there's a lesson here or maybe my eyes weren't open enough to see it. And so I just, I thought of that. Thank you. I think that reminds me of the, I know Gabby Bernstein speaks a lot to that. The universe has your back and there's a beautiful Deepak Chopra quote about, you know, why do we think that we can ever make a wrong decision? You know, once we make the decision, then the universe conspires to support us on that path. I personally think indecision and being in limbo is the worst place I can be. I feel as soon as I make the decision, then it all comes together really quickly. Yeah. I Instead of, oh, I want to make the wrong decision, I'm like, oh, how do I get out of this gray area <laughs> quicker so I can start moving forward in whatever path that is. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, exactly. And then just being more mindful of your thoughts and what you're putting out there to the universe. So... We are getting close to the end of our time and I've loved, loved, loved this conversation and your answers and just being so open and honest. I love that. Like I said earlier, I think we need more openness and honesty and realness. Thank you for holding the space for that. It takes an art and a skill and, to hold space for someone to open, um, open the room. 
Yeah, I love this kind of stuff. I love this kind of talk. Um, so I have one final question for you. Um, and I would love to know, it's something that I like to ask, um, that I like to end with, that I like to, the last question that I like to ask is in regards to getting closer to your soul. So when we're talking about Mala and, you know, the beautiful things that you've created, this, this amazing business, I would love to know how creating Mala has uh, brought you That's closer to your soul. I feel like it's, it's revealed so much in my life around limiting beliefs and, and cracking through them and revealing to me how capable we all are as human beings. And I think of the limitless opportunities and experiences that are available in our lifetime. And, you know, going back to your comment about the universe, that the universe has so much in store for us if you just choose to step into it. And when I think back, because I don't often think back to pre-Mala, I don't think back to a small child, I don't think back to transitions of going, you know, that time of fear of jumping over to entrepreneurship. I could never have made a vision board to imagine my life the way it is right now. I could never have manifested this because I didn't know it was possible. I didn't know that this right. world existed. I didn't know that, oh, I could, you know, go to Bali and make meditation pieces and help inspire lives and teach meditation. And how amazing. Like, I'm so excited to see what happens in the next 10 years. Like, I am just in sheer awe and gratitude of what life is capable of and so when I am manifesting when I'm setting goals and setting intention you know I, I heard somebody say once and a little bit of space for whatever else you have in store <laughs> and, and like the unknown and I really like that that's right like, oh, you know I don't know if that directly that. answers your questions about closer <laughs> to my soul I just I feel closer to this idea that there's so much infinite possibility and there's so much out there that I kind of just, in a way, yeah. like surrender to like, hey, if I put some energy here and really, really put my heart and soul into, for example, like writing a book. Like, I'm so excited to see what happens there. I'm so excited to see what happens with Mala in five, mm -hmm. 10, 15. Like, there's so much beauty in the unknown, whereas before maybe I was more fearful of the unknown. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think that, I don't know if that's closer to my soul or closer to oh, yeah. like, Maybe I'm more grounded. I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe you call that a grounded day. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think it answers my question perfectly. Like I, I just love that. And you know, this is one of my intentions with having this podcast and with doing the work that I do is for people to become closer mm -hmm. to their soul in whatever way that is for them. And yes. it's funny you mentioned vision boards because I'm literally looking at mine right now and, and I'm looking, I'm like, I wonder what's going to come true. I wonder what's going to come mm -hmm. to fruition. And I wonder what's not on that board I do believe um, in those vision that boards. is going to come into I, my I life. So I, it is exciting. You know, when we first started Mala, we would put all these pictures up on this vision board and a lot of it's come true, which is so cool. Um, and I was at right before lockdown began. I was at mm -hmm. Goop headquarters, which is like the coolest thing ever. I was so humbled and we were doing a partnership with them. And 
when oh God, was wearing one of our malas and we were having this yeah. like beautiful afternoon. And one of the speakers said, can you all write down right now 20 things you want in your life? And everyone paused and he's like, it's because most of you don't actually know what you want. And that really landed with me of, um, I wrote down 30 things because I did know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, I was going to say, I think that is a beautiful exercise of like to getting clarity of what we want <laughs> and then allowing for possibility beyond. And um, so I, I do actually write yeah. those things out almost weekly. Uh, I reflect on goals and um, yeah, I think it's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing for calling us forward. Uh, but mm -hmm. yes, you've inspired me. Maybe I should make another vision board because I've been doing more writing. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yes. That's just your really task. Quick. <laughs> That's your task. Easy write, peasy. Write a book and do a vision board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just whip it up. Just whip it up. <laughs> well, Ashley, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. And I know there is so much that you have shared that is really going to resonate with the women who are listening and, and give them a lot to think about too. And, and I want to thank you for that. I mean, I'm taking a lot away from our conversation that, uh, that I've just really enjoyed and I'm going to process personally I'm as well. So, so grateful. Thank you so much. The time to, to speak with you and thank you for your really thoughtful uh, questions. They, they're so beautifully inquisitive and, um, yeah, I feel like I got a little glimpse into how you change lives of the women that you work with. So thank you for letting me experience that as well. Super, super grateful. You're welcome. And for anybody who wants to check out Mala Collective, who wants to find out a little bit more of what, uh, what Ashley and her team are doing, you can check them out at malacollective.com. And I will also put a link to the website in the notes for the show. And I want to thank all of our listeners today. So thank you, Ashley. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. today's podcast. If you're ready to take the next step in offering your gifts to the world, then I would love to hear from you. Reach out and contact me at 